The popular Frank Lesser song of the 40s, Baby It's Cold Outside, is banned from a Cleveland radio station with charges of promoting date rape. Do you agree? This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here in Philadelphia with John Nash in New York City. Thank you for tuning in to our Tuesday podcast, TFG Unbuttoned. Also, thanks to our friends at Critics' Choice Video for sponsoring this podcast to you each week. Critics' Choice Video is America's movie and TV authority since 1987. Learn more about me, learn more about John, learn more about our show over at focusgroupradio.com. And be sure to tune in to our live show every Wednesday at 1 p.m. East through our Facebook page or page, page, that's a good word, page, or our YouTube <laughs> channel, which is also Focus Group Radio. How are you, John? I am good. Welcome to, officially welcome to December. Welcome to December. And of course, there was bad news over the, uh, I guess bad news is, Oh well, yeah, this was the the death of the death of a president. It always always makes the country reflect, and it made you reflect, I'm sure, because you have a very very funny story of how you actually saw him in a in a in a bathroom in a stadium, right? Yeah, I peed with Bush. I I um I was going to you know I actually started. I think I'm going to post it. Maybe I'll post it to our fo- our facebook page our focus group facebook page but i started writing about the event because a part of it also revolved around and i didn't want to get in the weeds too much about it but when you were at your agency we had developed this ad campaign which was directly targeted to the republican convention in philadelphia about it's not a choice it's the way we're built and because the republican party at the time was using marriage equality or gay marriage as a real wedge issue or social issue you know it's funny i think they still are right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And so and so the, the story as it weaves in with that piece of it, plus um, me ending up at this convention, it's probably I, as I started writing it, it's probably a bit long, but maybe I'll do a two parter or at least at least put it in there. But lo and behold, I thought it was Dana Carvey and it was was President Bush that I was in the bathroom with by myself and some other guy learning about his prostate numbers. So um <laughs> well, it, it's a place, spe- it's, I, a place it's, I was not supposed to be. Well, and it speaks to a whole different time in the country because you know you were at a, I think you were at the Philly Convention Center or something, and right, security was very different. I mean, it was there, but it wasn't. I mean, you were able to actually somehow get into this bathroom before the contingent came and he came or whatever, and. And it, nowadays, I don't know how they do all this, but I think lockdowns, lockdown. Back then, it was yeah, you know, okay, let's clear the hall. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, I I remember I was stopped by Secret Service or security, and I, I remember them. Where are you going? Where are you going? I said I really need to go to the bathroom, and they wanted me to walk around. And you know, these big stadiums, it would be a half a mile walk. And I said I really need to go. I just want to go to the bathroom. And the guy's like, well, okay. And the line was huge, so I skimmed along the wall thinking people were pee shy, which sometimes I am as well, but I thought, I'm not, I have to go so bad, I don't care if I have to pee in the sink, I've got to go to the bathroom. So when I scooted in there, I was the only one in the bathroom. And I came to find out later from a friend of mine in the government, I didn't realize this, but presidents and vice presidents or any senior, senior level people in government are not allowed to use urinals with their back exposed. They have to use stalls. They're told from security to use a stall, which I never realized that. And so that's how when I got in there, I didn't think anyone was in the bathroom. But in fact, it was George Bush and whoever his his, uh, friend was in there. They were in the stalls. 
Mm. Well, save the save that whole story for Facebook then, because and that gives people an incentive to check out our page at Focus Group Radio. So, hey, the three stories this week. There, there's a uh, there's a few quick ones. The first one, and I, that as as I read it, I, I I thought it was a bit of a joke, but. As anyone who has kids or us as uncles, we know that little kids always are putting different things in their mouth and try to swallow things. And there was a group of healthcare professionals that decided to find out how long a Lego head or a piece of a Lego body would take to get through the system. And so they had brought in six volunteers to swallow these heads of Lego figures and see how long it took to get through the system. And <laughs> before we get into the story, would you have done this study? I would have I would have happily swallowed a Lego head, sure. I, but I don't think I would have liked the other end of the study, which was <laughs> what you're going to get into, which is how they actually had to figure out when the head came out, when the little Lego piece came out. Well, and, right. They had to keep a stool log. Do you want to explain what that is? Well, and so <laughs> this guy named Bruce Y. Lee at Forbes reports that each participant kept, uh, kept a three-day stool log rating their bowel movements using... The acronym is SHAT, S-H-A-T, <laughs> Stool Hardness and Transit. So a person with a higher SHAT score had looser and more frequent bowel movements, meaning the sim- smiling little piece of plastic may move more quickly through their bowels. After swallowing the Lego noggin, each participant was responsible for analyzing their own poo to locate the Hence what we were saying, like, I don't know if I want to do this. According to the blog, a variety of techniques were used, uh, using a bag and squashing, you know, like putting the poo in something right. and manipulating it with your hand. Tongue depressors were used to press down on stuff or gloves, chopsticks. Uh, no turd was left unturned. And the uh, other, uh, uh. yeah, and the other acronym they had was after retrieving the Lego head, the participants calculated their found and retrieved time, which it stands for fart. <laughs> so we have shat and we have fart. And the fart score. Yeah, the number of days it took to pass the Lego <laughs> head, and it turns out that in most participants' case, it was a one point seven one day average for the head to go, the little Lego part to go from being swallowed being to out. One participant never found their Lego head we wonder if it's kicking around in their intestines or maybe they were just a little not as diligent at their shat and fart scoring <laughs> and well, that was one of my through. that was one of my takeaways was how either they missed it or how does something stay in there because was isn't the old wives tale that if you swallow gum it's going to stay in your system for seven years which is ridiculous yeah yeah um but I, but I thought this guy must have just missed it, unless it is stuck in there somewhere, and then he's got bigger issues. Well, when we were kids, um, well, to answer that one about if it's stuck in there, let's hope it's not stuck in like a pocket or something that's going to cause diverticulitis or something terrible later on. But I just suspect that that particular participant might not have been as um, methodical <laughs> in their looking for the right. for their shat and their fart scores, but. When we were kids, I remember once swallowing two pennies, and my sister runs to my mom and goes, John swallowed pennies, John swallowed pennies. And my mom had to call the pediatrician, and he laughed and said, I do want to know when they come out, though. So you got to, he goes, a day from now, you have to start checking his stool. And I think that in some cases, coins and things can take up to like, what was it, seven days, did they say? I think they did mention that. My here. God. Um, why, why did you swallow pennies? 
I I just did. <laughs> it's kind of like when you watch kids on a playground and they the younger they are, they explore the world with their mouth. They put their mouth on everything. So they put dirt in it, the whole bit. Crayons. Says coins can take two weeks. Coins could all right, see, coins could take a while. So um it must be because of their weight, right? A penny is yeah. not a penny is not a Lego head. This is just one of those funny things, and to wrap it all up in a um in a in a ribbon, so to speak. The the this is not applicable to children per se, but it did give does give a parent a relative idea of what we're dealing with when a toy gets swallowed, like a little piece of right. a puzzle or something. In many cases, the child will pass it in probably two days. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that one was a. <laughs> now this 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 next one I happen to see in the news as well, and I'm glad you picked it out because I just think it's a very funny twist on brand luxury brand and and how we perceive it and the headline read payless sold discount shoes at luxury prices and it worked so they did a pop-up store and they called it um palessi or like they called the brand palessi or something and it was a mixture of the word alessi which is like a famous italian i think they're like a, it's a cooking brand or something and they put a p on it but they put their own payless shoes in the in this pop-up store and they had all these social media influencers you know the people that take pictures of their beautiful bodies and they'll and and they'll be wearing like some underwear or a jacket or a shirt and they'll say god you know whatever that brand is and it's supposed to be moving product but they would charge a, a ghastly amount of money for some of these shoes and they heard people commenting on how well they were made how oh it's stunning product it's elegant and sophisticated and then they're told they're pay less shoes and it's like oh wow yeah, I thought it was uh, a smart marketing ploy to at least people know the power of brand. But I also call BS on it. Um, and I, I don't call BS on Payless, but I call BS on these so-called fashion insiders or influencers. Because if they really were, they would have known the difference between the stitching and the materials of a $20 pair of shoes and a $1,000 pair of shoes. I would hope, and to, right? Well, to me, it just goes to show that these, and I'll put it in quote, influencers with thousands and thousands of followers on social media are really just paid hacks, and they have zero knowledge of what they're promoting. I mean, the fact that if you're supposed to be a fashion insider and a fashion influencer, you wander into some brand you never heard of before called Palessi, and you look at these shoes, and let's be honest, I mean, a lot of drag queens will buy their stuff at Payless because they're big sizes. They run big sizes for affordable, affordable shoes. But you can tell a good pair of shoes versus not a good pair of shoes, whether it's stitched, whether it's glued, what the quality of leather is. And so when they were talking to these influencers and, oh, they're beautifully made, they're, they're high quality, and they're paying $645, or I think they said in some cases 18, 1,800% markup on the shoe, that's where, for me, it fell apart. I understood what Payless and what their marketing uh, team was trying to do and talk about, hey, that we just changed the name of something, and all of a sudden um, people felt it had cachet. It reminded me of my time, though. I used to say this to colleges when I would do admissions work. You can't change the name of your community college to Harvard and expect you're going to be flooded with with, with uh, applications. And but well, a and lot then, of people, you know, you know and then they change. did this this other thing, which I I'll, I'll take them to task for as well. And I agree with you. One. So you took the influencers to task to say. You know, if you're going to run around claiming, you know, this stuff really well and you're going to and you're getting paid to wear it and talk about it and be an influencer you better know your shit. i think you I right 
So that's a big black mark on the agencies for just picking anybody that has a good head count on their Instagram account. I mean, because that's how they do it. They're, they're not exactly sophisticated about this. They don't interview the people. Maybe they do. But the second was they used the they, they videotaped a lot of this stuff. And then they got the consent of the people that were in the pop up. And they, they cut about two or three spots of the surprise. It's pay less. And oh, my God, I can't believe how well these shoes are made. And da, 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 you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, now you're, you know, <laughs> not only did you say, it's, it's so, it, it, it was a clever marketing ploy and an interesting idea, and I bet it does move the needle for some people, but it does raise a couple questions. Yeah, well, so I will say, I've seen the commercials on TV, so it's, uh, I think it made their point, but it, um, it, it, it goes to show that they're, uh, you put a high price on something, and a lot of times people are fooled just by price versus versus quality. The the last the last um, story is the one I opened up with with the opening, and it revolves around the song "Baby It's Cold Outside." And there was an Ohio radio station in Cleveland that uh, one listener complained <laughs> about this 1940s song, and if the it's the classic "Baby It's Cold Outside" where there's a back and forth between a man and a woman. Uh, the man's trying to get the woman to stay because it's storming out. She says, "I really must go." He's and it's a back and forth, playful flirt amongst uh, one another, and it's a catchy song. It's it's always played around this time of year, and now there's some complaints with the, particularly what's going on with the Me Too movement, and uh, women getting a new voice uh, based upon the the uh, Crosby or um, Cosby and Weinstein issues. The Me Too movement. The Me Too movement that um, the song should be banned. So. They actually did a Facebook poll, and they said 92% of the people were in favor of keeping the song. But I've this started in Cleveland, and now it's apparently spreading across the, the airwaves of different, um, different stations as to whether they should play this song or not because they think it may promote date rape. I started thinking to myself, are there other songs out there? You know, ZZ Top did a song about legs or... And any shows that, or any songs that may objectify women or even shares half-breed, right? I mean, Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves, any of those songs, are we not going to be able to play them anymore? I don't know. I was, uh, th- th- this, when this crossed the radar for me, I was kind of, my mouth just opened because I've never, ever listened to that song as anything other than a famous Christmas duet. In fact, you know, there are so few Christmas songs to begin with, right? Like, so right. Th- there could be maybe 40 songs or 32, or I, they're, they're really not that many, but but they've been recorded so often that there are famous recordings, Ella Fitzgerald doing Frosty the Snowman, or, you know, this particular one, um, Baby It's Cold Outside, is a fame. I, I think Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga put it on their album a year or two ago when they did a Christmas cover album. So yep. it's it's viewed as just a famous duet, like this funny little tongue-in-cheek back-and-forth thing. And context is important. And, you know, when you lose context, when you remove something from it um, rather abruptly and you don't say, okay, the song was written in the 40s or the 50s, we all know that, you know, uh, you know 70 years ago or, or less, the role models are very different. You know, women were often perceived as house, you know, keepers, they were at home, they were, they were held to it, you know, it was just a very different time. And I don't, I don't apologize for it. But I hear the song all the time. I've heard it, in fact, this weekend. And I, 
I really scratch my head. I'm like, I don't get date rape out of it. I, I, I just get duet, you know, two adults going back, like a male and a female singer doing this Christmas song. Baby, it's cold outside. It ends. Let's move on. So I, I'm probably the wrong person to have an opinion about this one. No, it's, it's, it's you know, it reminds me of the Flintstones theme song. Well, you know, we'll have a gay old time. It meant something very different then mm-hmm. than it would mean now, right? But I, I, I'm with you on this. I just I just shook my head because there are so many people. You mentioned Gaga and uh, and Tony Bennett, but I know um, Liza Minnelli just did it recently with Michael Bublé and Christine Eversol's done it. I mean, famous famous um, vocalists have done the song, and it's a playful back and forth. But you know, there's hey, what's in this drink? You know, there's there's the whole oh no, oh my gosh, what's going on? And you know, so, by the way, that that what's in this drink that go, that's a definite reference to holiday eggnog, which used to always traditionally be spiked with something, right? Right. Yeah. But, so, but this you, was you're yeah. spiking the drink, you're getting her to stay. <laughs> so I don't know. I just think it's. Well, are we that afraid to teach? <sighs> con- are we that afraid to teach context? To say to somebody, I understand your objections to this, but the song was written in nineteen. You know, let's let's make up a date because I don't know it offhand. Let's it was written it was, in nineteen. It was written in nineteen thirty-six, and then it was published in forty-four. I believe. Perfect. So we're we're talking about you know seventy-five yeah. plus years ago. Yeah. It was written here. Um, it's been performed by this many artists over the the number of decades. It, it just reflects, it's a duet. It reflects this guy who doesn't want this woman to leave because he likes her. Whatever you, you know, but but we don't even get to talk about it. No, no, instead, it's just going to be pulled because someone objected to it. I just remember something my friend Amy said about RuPaul's Drag Race and how uh, RuPaul used to do something called she-mail. You got she-mail yeah. instead of email, and a lot of people recently in the in the uh, trans community complained about the she-mail, and... You know, after a long meeting, Rue Ru eventually decided, no, they'll they'll move away from it. But, you know, I know from the back end or the behind the scenes thing that while he agreed to do that, he never really completely comprehended why we had why they had to get rid of it, because it was never an evil bone in his body or a bad intent. It's the same with this song, right? Suddenly it's like, oh, get it off the airwaves. <laughs> well, then apparently there's a couple. I just saw this as you were going through this a couple in minnesota has rewritten the song to make it more um (laughs) to emphasize the importance of consent and it's absurd you know it's i was reading some of the lines but you know it's what's in this drink la croix and pomegranate of course you know it's i really should stay no 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 well that's your that's your that's your prerogative um so it yeah yeah I don't know. You know what? What? I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess we were from a different time. Or we are from a different you, time. Or, or as you said, where's people's common sense prevail where you can have a conversation and, and talk about context. But Hey, we want to thank our friends at Critics' Choice Video for uh, sponsoring us here at TFG Unbuttoned. Be sure to go to focusgroupradio.com and click on the Critics' Choice Video logo and start shopping away. We'd like you to go through our website so that we, John and I get uh, get credit for your visits. 
So anything spark your spark your fancy this week, John? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you're doing gift giving and you have any friends in your circle who are big Twilight Zone fans, whether they were from their youth or whether they are, they discovered the series on one of the multiple marathons they usually do. I think Twilight Zone marathons are around New Year's usually <laughs> for me, at least some of the stations up here. Rod Serling did a show after the Twilight Zone. I wonder if you remember it. It was called The Night Gallery. No. So Night Gallery was uh, what they call a bewitching series. Um, It was about a little, probably a little more on the supernatural side, but it had a whole A-list cast of stars that moved through the the different episodes. Joan Crawford, Edward G. Robinson, Burgess Meredith, Mickey Rooney, Diane Keaton, Vincent Price, Cesar Romero, Jill Ireland, Patty Duke, and many more in the 47 episodes that aired of The Night Gallery by Rod Serling. It's uh, at Critics' Choice video. It's about $47.96 for a 10-disc set, which is really not that bad and probably well worth watching if you remember it from before and you're like, hmm... I think I might want to check out Night Gallery. Or if you know someone who's a Rod Serling fan, makes a great gift. And the one last thing I'll say about Critics' Choice videos, uh, get the catalog. It's the uh, upper left corner of the homepage. After you click through from our page, it says order a cat or order a catalog or request a catalog. I say go ahead and do it. My holiday one just arrived. The cover is entirely Christmas themed. It's got Rudolph and Santa Claus has come to town and it's got the miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> it's like, so it's like the Sears wish book. So check out Critics Choice Video and get there by going to focusgroupradio.com and click on their logo. And we want to remind you to join us on Wednesdays from 1 to 2 p.m. on our live show on YouTube or Facebook. And that's Wednesdays from 1 to 2, and it's focusgroupradio.com. Again, has all that information. So thanks for joining us on Unbuttoned. Have a great week, and we will see you in the new one. The Focus Group Unbuttoned, available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.